finishes him. How about that? One. What a hit. Falls free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Welcome back to Zero Bowls. Patrick, I I hate to say this, but when the time changes, I just can't help but think, where has the season gone? It's been a fast season this year, man. Yeah, just really, I mean, that's the problem with the sport is it's the shortest season and the longest off season. So once you finally get there, once you get out of talking season, you get through the media days, you get through the conference previews, kicks off Labor Day weekend, you're like, we November is so far away. Uh-oh. And then you blink and you're like, uh-oh, Thanksgiving's in two weeks. Yeah. Um, but we still got plenty of football left. We got three regular season weeks, conference championship week, Army, Navy, and then a plethora of bowl games before the last ever 14 playoff. We are still in there high on the hog. We got, we got plenty of football left. You know who doesn't have much football left? Alex Grinch fired at USC. Finally. Uh, can't say he didn't earn it. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, this kind of feel bad for Caleb Williams for constantly having to put the team on his back and his defense being like, hold on, you just score a touchdown, score two more real quick. It's right. uh, brutal. Um, but, well, a firing that should have happened weeks ago. Yeah, or last season. I mean, I mean, the guy just clearly can't do it. Um, I suppose this is a positive sign for USC moving forward that they might take this a little more seriously. Um, but also, they probably won't have Caleb Williams moving forward. So, you know, you might have missed their window. What a shame. Um, all right, the newest Michigan news. Whoops, who cares? Um, oh, the playoff rankings came out yesterday. Whoop, who cares? Um, okay, Quinn Ewers is back for Texas this weekend against TCU. Oof. Thank God. Now, that, now, that's a big one. Texas has really struggled without him. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously they won this weekend in overtime, but missing him, they have, they, they've taken a pretty significant step back. You can tell without him under center. And I yeah. think if he didn't play uh, either the rest of the year plus the Big 12 championship, that's a team that's going to take another loss. So having him back kind of repositions them as, um, you know, a, a threat to win the Big 12. And possibly the playoff. Yep. Um, Malik Murphy wasn't looking that good. Um, nope. A lot of turnovers. Uh, I wonder what they're going to do with Arch Manning. Um, surprised he didn't get any playing time. But they definitely need a Quinn Yarris back. Um, yeah. Unrelated note, this is not really news, but it's more kind of like a, a, a fun fact that I found. Um, this is the first time in the 10 years of college football playoffs, which – a, I did not know it's been 10 years. I feel really old finding that yeah. out. Um, but it's the first time in 10 years that all top five teams have remained unbeaten this far into the season. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw something that of the top 15 teams preseason, when they're favored by more than uh, seven to 10 points, they're like 91 and two this year. Yeah. Um, because And so that's what makes this, the stretch run is going to be so crazy is because none of those top teams have really taken a loss. Um, that, that eliminates them. So, yeah, um, super interesting. Uh, and, and this past week was absolutely phenomenal, and it gave us a lot of clarity. Um, let's start with the, the big one. Um, Alabama 42, LSU 28. Um, for a minute here, this will look like it was going to be uh, the greatest game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's everything you wanted. Um Back and forth. Milrow was amazing for Alabama. Four touchdowns on the ground, 155. Absolutely vexing LSU linebackers left and right. Uh, Jaden Daniels was putting up a hell for performance himself. He looked like he was going to go for like way over 400 total yards. 
Uh, and then Dallas Turner kind of stuck him into the turf uh, on a really hard tackle. Um, definitely targeting. I'm going to say that. Yeah. It was definitely it, leading with the crown and taking out a player, but third eyes opening. We're not going to call that, you know, Alabama's best defensive player. No, sorry. Certainly not in Tuscaloosa. No. Yeah. And, and so once Daniels went down, there was an extended delay. He tried to come back out. Um, it, once Nussmeyer came in, the, the game was over. Yeah, the game uh, was done. Unfortunately, Nussmeyer, you know, he's a perfectly fine player. But Jane Daniels was otherworldly other for three-plus quarters uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday night. And so losing him, you know, really just took the wind out of the sails uh, for LSU. Uh, without him, they only rushed for 43 yards. Not going to get the job done. <laughs> I mean, he had 163 yeah. himself, um, yeah. 219 passing. So, I mean, he was the offense in a lot of ways. Blake Neighbors was having a huge game for LSU, 10 catches, 171. But – once he went down, you're just like, okay, since you know LSU's defense can't stop anybody, um, you're like, okay, well, LSU's going to have to outscore Alabama. Maybe it was one of those classic, whoever has the ball last is going to win. Um, but we, we, we didn't get that ending, which was disappointing. But, you know, Alabama looked dead in the water week three or four. Yeah. It's, it's another one of those, you know, Nick Saban proving everyone wrong ordeals again. Um, Definitely a top 10 team for sure. They definitely are sniffing the playoffs at this point. I mean, they're one win away from clinching a trip to Atlanta. Um, uh, it's good for them. I mean, I hate it when they turn turn a corner like this because you're just like, me as a Georgia fan, I'm like, uh-oh, I got to play this team in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, I, still th- I still think they're not the best Alabama team in a, in a while, but – their defense is stellar, and their Jalen Milrow is kind of proven to be um, not just like a one-trick pony, I guess. I mean, uh, yeah. the LSU Tigers defense in this game did a very good job uh, shutting down, getting beat deep, um, you know, making sure that Milrow wouldn't beat him with his arm. But guess what? He beat you with his legs. Completely changed yeah. that game plan and rushed right all over the top of him. Um, yeah. So that's – it's. Very interesting to see that he's a multifaceted in this game. And, you know, we talked about how bad Alabama's offense was weeks ago. And now they, Jason McClellan's kind of turning it on. They, they spread the ball out well to the receivers, to Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond. Um, so it's something interesting to see because I'm pretty sure they play Arkansas this weekend. Yeah. And they'll clinch yeah, the, the trip. And we'll be talking about. A big game in a few weeks. Yeah, versus uh, Tennessee from the East, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, like, like you said, Alabama's right back in it. Um, reports their demise have been greatly exaggerated. I doubt they're losing Kentucky. They're not losing Chattanooga, and they're certainly not losing that fucking Auburn team. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Unless. <laughs> Elsewhere, so that night – you know, luckily we were on the corporate retreat, so we were able to have two screens going, no problem. And thank God we did, because Washington USC was an absolute pinball game back and forth. Absolutely no defense being played. Fifty-two to forty-two final for the Huskies. Um, not surprising, USC couldn't get the big stop when they needed it. Um, I mean, twenty-seven first downs for Washington, twenty-four for USC. Both teams over five hundred yards. We almost broke 1,100 total yards in this game. Um, only one turnover. Um, you know, pretty clean game for all those plays. Only six penalties on each side. But uh, at the end of the day, USC couldn't stop Washington on the ground because they're just not – I mean, Alistair just got fired for a reason. Uh, that, that's what it boils down to. That, yeah, because the, the interesting part about that is all year Washington has been beating you in the air with their absolute elite yeah. passing offense, and their running game has been mid all year, very mid. <clears throat> and Dylan Johnson, 26 carries, 256 yards, and four touchdowns. 316, I think, total rushing yards in this game for the Huskies is tripled their season average. They just ran it down their throats, and yeah. USC had no response. Um yeah, I mean, do that that alone will get a defensive coordinator fired. Um, Caleb Williams was fantastic in this game. Um, 
you kind of feel sorry for the kid, but you know, we got, we were kind of laughing when he was crying at the end. There. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, a great was, look. He was really crying. Yeah. That's what Alex Grinch does to people, man. <laughs> yeah. He was, I was confused at first. I was like, what's happening there? And then I was like, Oh, my man is sobbing. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what, what can you do? This USC team, um, took all their goodwill and threw it directly into the toilet. Um, what, I mean, what a shame. Um, Washington, nine and uh, drivers to a playoff spot. Have an absolute gauntlet ahead of them. Um, Utah, yeah. which is probably a win. Let's be real here. Um, Oregon State, chippy team, and then they're going to play playing Oregon in the final. Um, so that's a tough three-ranked game yep. uh, stretch for them. But you got Wazoo in the end there, and uh, we've seen what has happened. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this game in a second. When a rivalry gets ends and it's the last chance to, to knock off your rival, I mean, they got to be careful with that one too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, Oklahoma State 27, Oklahoma 24. Uh, phenomenal win for Oklahoma State. Um, that has to be the best feeling in the entire world. Your most hated rival says, see ya, we're leaving. Uh, we're off to bigger and better things. We're better than you. Um, you'll, you'll never be us. And to be able to dunk their head directly in the toilet, give <laughs> them more season, cost them a, pl- a potential playoff bid, all at home. Uh, they ripped the goalpost down. They threw me into the local lake or river there. Um, what a scene in Stillwater. What a phenomenal win for Oklahoma State. And what a turnaround for this team. I wanted Mike Gundy shot out of a cannon. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, He's like, uh, I'm going to start this year off by starting my son at quarterback because he's good. And then he turned out to be ass. Yeah. So it, it was not a good look there after two weeks. Um, but ever since Alan Bowman took over, they're 5-0 and since. Um yeah, and they've just been crushing the the emergence of Ollie Gordon the second again. Just see that guy is probably going to be in New York, I imagine, just from the continual production mm-hmm. of over a hundred yards and multiple touchdowns a game. Um, but it, it it definitely feels great to have the last win in Bedlam for Oklahoma yeah. State, where Oklahoma dominated this series ninety to twenty one to ninety ninety one to twenty to seven. Yeah, um, and not only. Do they have that on? You know, they get the Bedlam win before they leave for the SEC for Oklahoma. They spoiled their playoff hopes, and they probably spoiled the Big Twelve hopes too. Yeah, so it's it's very very funny. Um, so they probably hold bragging rights forever. And as I imagine, as a Sooners fan, they're probably going to be blaming officiating in this game. Um, I think there was a cornerback who grabbed Drake Stoops in the end zone, preventing a go-ahead touchdown, but who cares? Like, win I, the game, maybe I don't blame, turn the ball over three times. Yeah. I blame a bunch of really bad snaps as well. You couldn't get the yeah. ball snapped in crunch time. Yeah. Um, allowing two sacks, like you said, three turnovers. Yeah, it, it's, it's if you're going to go out there and blame the refs, you're a loser. I'm sorry. Get over it. Yeah, and I said this a few weeks ago. Um you know, we talked about Oklahoma State and like, oh, next thing you know, they're going to be number 10. And you'd be like, what the hell happened here? Yeah. They're 15 right now. They yeah. hold their own destiny to Arlington because the next three games, they play four and five UCF, four and five Houston, five and four BYU. So they're yeah. going to be a top 10 team come, you know, beginning of December. Yeah, this is this is a 10 win team. Easily. Yeah. Easily. What the hell happened here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in Oklahoma, because of the teams in, the teams in front of them right now uh, are Oklahoma State and Kansas, two teams they've lost to. So they're going to have to make up. Not only are they going to have to win out or you know whatever, but they're going to have to end up leapfrogging those two teams. So Oklahoma right. State's going to have to lose twice. Kansas is going to have to lose twice. Um, I just don't don't see it happening uh, for, for Oklahoma here. So oh, season's over. Well, ha- have fun in the SEC. It's, it's going to get easier, I'm sure. I'm looking. I'm just looking back now at that 33 and seven loss for Oklahoma State to South Alabama, and just seeing Gunner Gundy nine for 18, 64 yards. Yeah, that that that'll do it. Oof. That'll do it. Yeah. Whoops. Yikes. Um, all right, Georgia thirty, Missouri twenty one. Um, uh, were, were we sweating this one out at all? I was sweating it at the beginning when the, the, that first uh, long, probably I think it was like forty yard pass to Luther Burden. 
Yeah. Um, I was I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but the the past like six SEC games might have been less than that. Um, the the opposing team for Georgia has scored first, so it's 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 how it's how the season's been panning out for them. It felt like it was a close game for a while, but Georgia was in control for most of this game. They do look vulnerable. Like if it was not for that six three three hundred trout. 320-pound defensive tackle in his year um, stack house with that almost pick six, this could have been a bad game. Um, Georgia but- just, in my opinion, watching them play, um, they just t- – too many times they just turn good drives. The drive starts well, whatever, they get across midfield, and then it just stalls out in field goal range. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not finishing drives, and I think it's a team like Alabama – um, you know, or in the playoff against a Michigan or, Ohio, or an Ohio State, or certainly a Washington with an offense like that, uh, you can't settle for field goals. Uh, so no, they got to get figured out. It, it's not, they're they're very balanced right now too. They have really good runners. They, they spread the ball out very well. Lad McConkey, Rara Thomas, Oscar Delp, Dominic Lovelet. They're, they're very good at getting out. I mean, Marcus Rose, Magic Saint. Um. And a, Brock Bowers might be back this weekend. I I, I haven't seen. I've seen him. Why do you want that back? You're right. You're right. <laughs> they might have needed him in this this past weekend game, but um, they definitely need to be finishing drives better. Carson Beck looks great. I think um, he's he's panned out to be a very good quarterback. At the beginning of the season it was a little shaky, but. He's having continual games. He's not turning the ball over. He's very smart in the pocket. He's making, you know, he doesn't see something. He runs out, you know, crazy legs. So it, it, this, they, they were very vulnerable here in um, many aspects for Georgia, just in the air. I'm a little worried about the run defense because um, Cody Schrader had 112 yards over like five yards of carry for Missouri. Um. But I think with Georgia, they always just find a way. They're a more talented team across the board against most of the opponents they play this year. The big issue is they need to stop starting slow, and it, yeah. it's going to catch up to them because they're getting they're in a tough stretch right now with you know Missouri last week, Ole Miss this week, Tennessee next week, then the SEC championship probably against Bama. So they they are going to have to figure out to play a complete game, and when they do that, they might be. Good, but I'm a little worried. Yeah, I think there's a good reason to be worried. Um, I mean, luckily for them, um, they ha- they've avoided that slip up so far. Um, but you know, at preseason, you looked at this this stretch here of Florida, almost or Florida, Missouri, almost Tennessee. You said, ah, it's not really going to be that hard, is it? But all those teams are pretty good. I mean, that's three straight top fifteen teams. Uh, here, so they, they certainly have to be careful and will certainly be favored by a lot. Um, I think it's 10 and a half this weekend at Ole Miss. I think it should be probably be more against Tennessee. I, I don't really think Tennessee is all that good, but it's on the road, so you, you got to watch out for it. Um, but like you said, the offense is rounding into form. Carson Beck has looked a lot better as the season has gone on. Um, so I don't think they have too much to worry about until they get to Atlanta. Yeah. But uh, if you told me, you time travel three weeks from now, and you're like, Georgia has a loss. I'd be like, no, all right, that makes sense. Um, if if Georgia were to lose this stretch, I think the best one would be against Tennessee at Nayland, you know. Um, but I, I think they're going to win out the, the rest of the we'll, – we'll get to the preview in a, few, in a little bit for Ole Miss. But um, I think they're just too complete as a team right now to get caught up. And a loss like that. I have them losing Ole Miss, Tennessee, and a frisky Georgia Tech. Oh, maybe they play Notre Dame in the Relia Quest Bowl? Yeah. Well, mm. I don't know if they're going to be lucky enough to go to the Relia Quest Bowl. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, last one to cover here. Um, truly, I mean, like, the, we. So the first two games were at night. Last two games we talked about was at 3 30, and this one was at noon. Uh, it was just constant, like just truly phenomenal games the whole afternoon. Yeah. Um, that's what it's all about, folks. Uh, Texas 33, Kansas State 30. Um, this was a hell of a comeback by Kansas State to even get this. Oh, yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. Because the game started, and I was like, oh, these guys are dead in the water. They did yeah. not come to play whatsoever. Um, Texas just ran right out, punched him in the mouth, punched him in the mouth some more. Um, it was 17 nothing. 
uh, and it was almost halftime. And then at the you know Texas had a punt get blocked, and that like turned the game. That completely changed the momentum. Kansas, um, I think, had gotten two first downs up to that point, and then and obviously scored zero points. Punt is blocked. They get a touchdown right before the break, and then they kind of turned the gas on and got it all the way to a uh, a tie game. They they might have been able to win the game. Um, they, they had a couple of miscues themselves. They missed a field goal, uh, other stuff. But Texas was in real trouble here, and, and I they think. Were. Yeah. To, your, to your point about how Georgia has started started in these games, Texas allowing an inferior opponent to come back from 17 points down, that just doesn't bode well um, it, as they want to play these more serious teams. Um, I know they knocked off Alabama, but you, this is not what good teams do. Good teams get up 17 nothing, put the game away. Just uh, move right on out of it. Um, just a lot of miscues for Texas. Uh, we talked about Murphy and those turnovers. Uh, it's an issue. And yeah. two more today uh, in this game. It, it, we just can't. If Texas, I mean, like we said, it's a very good Quinn Years is coming back because Murphy's going to would have lost him a game. He almost lost him this one. Yeah. It, um, being down 20 points, like they were down 27 7 in the third quarter, is, and having a team come back is crazy. Um, yeah. I I was very you you heard me just like when Kansas State was going for that field goal um, in the fourth I'm like what are you doing it's like you're fourth and two right there just fitting you you have momentum what are you doing and they missed yeah. the kick I'm like that's what you get for being a bitch yeah. um, <laughs> but them going for that fourth and two or three in overtime was very ballsy that's what I wanted to see of course it right. did not pay off in the end but. <clears throat> Interesting enough, that decision like helped keep alive five, twelve, and one, or thirteen and zero P five champions for the college football playoff, which will make that decision a lot more interesting when if if there's if that's still a thing come the time for playoff pick all, you know. Yeah, um, that is, and that would be the perfect send off to the, this four team yes. uh, format. It's just absolutely. Completely contrived conference versus conference debate. Um, the SEC's complete lack of non-conference wins might come back yep. to bite them, which would be absolutely fine. I mean, the committee would never do that because it's the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like they're all the SEC fans, like an Alabama fan being like, Missouri beat Kansas State, dude, uh, would just be absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I hope that's what I hope happens now that we're talking about it. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting. Uh, let's get to one game we don't have to touch on it too much, but honestly, the most shocking result of the day, bar none, Army 23, Air Force 3. What? Yeah. I I did not expect Air Force to shit the bed in this one. Um, I also yeah. bet the over in this game going against, you know, usually you bet the under in the service academies. But when I saw that score, 23-3 to three at half, I was like, yes. I just need five more points in the overhead, yeah. and then nothing happened nothing for happened. the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah. Army turned the ball over – or Air Force turned the ball over six times. Um, this wasn't a good Army team. I was very surprised to see yeah. this happen. Because um, there have been – I mean, there have been pretty darn good Army teams. Um, there were a few years ago. I think they played Houston in one of the bowl games and won by, like, 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not that Army team. Um, they're switching their offense away from that that traditional triple option. Um you know, I don't think the Army team is going to make a bowl, but and and Air Force was in position to be the New York Six, you know, G five rep, easy, no problem. Everyone loves the troops. It would have been. I mean, I'm kind of glad they lost because the 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 flag humping that would have taken place over a bowl season would have been absolutely brutal. But yeah, they. I mean, I, six turnovers against a, a against a huge rival like this. I mean, that's embarrassing. Um, and I was shocked yeah, to see four, that four happen. fumbles and two picks. Yeah. Dude, their quarterback was garbage. Zach Larrier, really nine for bad. 22, 93 yards, two picks, 7.1 QBR. Good Lord. Like, and what happened here? Really good this year. Yeah. What yeah. a bad way to – what a bad – like, the worst game you could possibly shit the bet in. And now um, we can focus our attention to the better Mountain West team, which is Fresno State. Yeah. Yeah. Pull it off against Boise. Um, 
And I, I think they're going to have themselves sitting pretty comfortably. Uh, I mean, at Tulane, obviously, without that close loss to Ole Miss, um, they're pretty solid. Right, right. Uh, Toledo, I watched a little bit of their game last night. They have been stomping on people. Yeah, they have. Their one loss this season is a Hail Mary loss to Illinois to open the year on the road. But since then, they've absolutely throttled people. Um, Who now? Now that old, sorry, now that Air Force has lost, uh, and they were the driver's seat for the New Year's Six Bowl. Who do you think the the G five team that's going to get that spot is going to be? I guess it'll be Tulane. I think it's going to be JMU. No, I don't. I I, I don't think the NCAA is going to bow down and let them do it. I think they might. The way they bound down at that Tez Walker. Um, situation at UNC and just like James Madison being nine and zero, and if they keep winning, the pressure is going to mount. Like I, th- I think there might be a decision. I, I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm more than likely probably going to be wrong because the NCAA probably tomorrow will be like no. But I, I think they're there. There's a there is a case to be made for like a very you know unique exemption for JMU to be considered. Yeah, I'm trying to compare their schedules right now and see if there's any. Okay, so Tulane beat South Alabama by 20 at home. JMU beat South Alabama by 8 at home. Ooh, okay. Georgia Southern Marshall. That looks to be the only common opponent. Power 5-wise, JMU beat UVA by 1. Uh, and Tulane lost to Ole Miss by 17. So I might even, I guess, I mean, a favorite Tulane in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Tulane's a better squad, but if JMU's twelve and zero with the possible Sun Belt championship, it's going to be pretty hard to keep them out because the American. Um, normally, the American is a very good G five conference. The American's not very good this year. Yeah. Uh, outside that top five, so uh, I don't know. It'll definitely be something to monitor uh, as we go along, probably, um, and. I don't know. I, I, JMU, I thought Georgia State might be able to give them a little trouble this past weekend, and they did for about a quarter, and then JMU just crushed them. So. All right. Um, all right, let's get to studs and duds. Um, my dud is Sam Hartman and Gerard Parker. Um, Hartman, 146 yards, two picks, including a brutal pick six um, to help Notre Dame lose a the game they should have won. Yeah. Uh, Clemson kept trying to let them win. And Notre Dame was just too gentlemanly and said, hey, here's an easy pick six. Uh, why don't we bounce a punt return right off our punt returner's head, give you an easy uh, short field goal there. So Notre Dame spotted Clemson 10 points, lost by eight, and also just couldn't move the ball on offense. Um, Hartman just really looked like a guy who was at Wake Forest for a reason. Yeah. Um, but then Gerard Parker, you have to blame the OC here. Um, estimate 17 carries for 87 yards. And a touchdown was dicing through Clemson's offense in the first half. Got three second half carries. What are we doing here? Whoa. Yeah, that's tough. Um, so that was disappointing, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was just an, an absolutely embarrassing day from the Notre Dame offense uh, and a long run of them at this point. Um, if it wasn't like Hartman had a few good plays with his legs, playing when he had a touchdown. Um, but there was absolutely no play designs that were working. They cannot throw the ball. Yeah, like it, it wasn't just. It felt like Notre Dame didn't game plan well for this game. And I had a, like a when that whole situation with Tyler from Spartanburg came, what happened? I just had this feeling like I think Dabo's like had enough. Just and this is like the perfect matchup where Dabo's like shut the you know. Yeah. And it was just it was just not a, the the the. You know, the die just didn't roll right here for this matchup for Notre Dame. Um, it did roll right. The offense is bad. I mean, <laughs> Gerard, Park, Gerard Parker needs to be fired. He huh? cannot come back next year. Yeah. This um, is the this is my Alex Grinch. Get him the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. They couldn't mm-hmm. sign Andy Ludwig last year, and there was a lot of drama. They said, okay, we'll just promote this guy. And just because you're not a high-paid Power 5 assistant – doesn't mean you can't do the job. Dabo's when he was a wide receivers coach at, at Clemson, you know, and he yeah. went right to he went right to head coach. That does not preclude you from succeeding. That being said, this guy is bad at it. This guy he, sucks. He doesn't need another year. 
He doesn't need, oh, the, the system. There is no system. There have been no in-game adjustments. I do not want to see him here next year. And I know he's Marcus Freeman's friend. And Marcus Freeman's a nice guy. If you want to be serious, you, you got to make a decision here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep an eye on. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to who I want in a little bit. Um, all right. Who is your dud? My dud was a combination of Colorado's um, running game and Maryland's running game. I think Colorado had negative seven rushing yards on the night, and Maryland had negative 49 rushing yards on the night. Um, If you look at Maryland's rushing stats, Billy Edwards, one carry, four yards. Roman Hemby, five carries, zero yards. Antoine Littleton the second, one carry, negative three yards. Colby McDonald, one carry, negative three yards. And Tua Leah had eight carries for negative 47. It's probably sacks. But that is atrocious. That was those are all golf scores, right? That's what yeah. you're talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. Um good lord, Mike Loxley, what is happening? Yeah, this team, we talked about it last week, this team is completely collapsed. I don't yeah. know if I can think of a bigger Jekyll and Hyde team than, than this Maryland team. It is absolutely astonishing. Ever it's since they like just... It's not like I thought they were going to go in there and beat Penn State. Oh, my God, <laughs> dude. Just looking at the schedule. Ever since they were like making testing Ohio State and then getting blown out in the second yeah. half, they lost to Illinois, they lost to Northwestern, yeah. and they got just their teeth kicked in by Penn State. Yeah. They're gonna make Matt Rule Matt Rule look good next this weekend. Yeah, and this yeah, like you this was a team that was five and L. They're just like, oh, I just gotta win one game to make a bowl. At Nebraska versus Michigan at Rutgers. Does doesn't look much, very easy. If you don't do it this weekend, I don't know who yep. you're going to. Um, all right, let's let's get out of the duds ditch and get get into the, get into the studs. Uh, who's your stud? My stud was Washington uh, Huskies running back Dylan Johnson, who had um, 256 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. He was stellar Saturday. Yeah, absolute stud. Could have, could have had even more if the, if the fields were longer. There's USC was never going to catch that guy. No, I mean he was almost averaging ten yards a carry. Just absolutely insane. Yeah, my stud is Jackson Dart from Ole Miss. Uh, th- Twenty-four, thirty-three, three eighty-seven. You know, just under twelve yards to throw, two touchdowns, uh, a few more on the, a few more yards on the ground. Only got sacked once. Is an absolute. That kid's tough. He's really tough. Right. Um, against a very talented AM defense. He stepped up. He made the throws when he needed to. And he's the reason Ole Miss was able to hang on in this game. Um, this was a great game, too. Also kicked off at noon. Um, so just awesome job by Dart. I'm really excited to watch him against Georgia's defense this weekend. Yep. Um, you know, we'll get to that shortly. So, but mm-hmm. he, he was really, he's really excited to watch. Um, great player. He's, he's having a great year. Um, let's get to Fire's ass, Patrick. Whose ass are we sending to the unemployment line? We're firing Billy Napier. Um, something's got to change here. Uh, the, the fans are disappointed, but disappointed. I don't think the school administration has an, much of an appetite to fire him right now, but their record is 11-11 since he took over. They have LSU and Missouri coming up in a home game against Florida State. They just got fresh off a loss to a really shitty Arkansas team. Um, yeah. And just the way – I don't think a firing is going to happen here, but because, I mean, they have Will Mustang for four years, Jim McElwain for three, Dane Mullen for four. So just another quick change is not the right thing here. But I don't know what's happening in Florida. I mean, they do have, like, one of the best recruiting classes, um, and they recruit very well. Yeah. This is the on-the-field the on the field play – calling coaching decisions there needs to be some staff changes here um yeah. there's special teams game changer coordinator and chris couch they're the units have been a mess all season it's been it's it's very bad like I, it's just not a good look that all of these like offensive quality analysts on the team it's yeah, all the polos, what yeah. are we doing here yeah um, yeah, I mean the, the Utah game alone. I mean the the, the turnovers, the ineligible, the the two players with the same number. Yeah, it, it's a mess. He's got to get it going. Um, and to, yeah, that Arkansas team is dire. Like they they had a chance to win that game. 
in a, on a field goal kick, but there was an illegal substitution penalty. It pushed him back yep. five yards, and they missed him from 44 and lost in overtime. It's, it's just not a good look. They're, they're the def- defensive coordinator hire they had over the summer, Austin Armstrong, is terrible. They're dead last in um, yards per play in the SEC. It's seven, or 6.7. So Napier's got to figure this out um, quick, or Gainesville is going to turn very fast. Yep. Um, all right, my fire test is Deion Sanders. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Hit me with it. To sit there and blame Sean Lewis, your offensive coordinator, for how your team played, um, the the reason for the loss is like, I think it's the play calling. Um, and to turn around and put that offensive performance up, like we, we talked you talked about earlier, negative seven rushing yards. Yeah. Um, or Oregon State had four sacks, six TFLs, you know. Colorado got two garbage time touchdowns here. Um, to make the score 26-19 look a little closer. This game was not close. This offense was absolutely horrible. You know what's mind-boggling is not going for that onside kick when they when they scored that last touchdown. He is I not don't get good. it. He is not good at game management. He's made he, multiple Listen, mistakes. like I said Saturday night, the grift is up. Like, yeah. it's clear he's there just to get his sons into the NFL, and I guarantee you he's going to leave. It's – yeah, it's just like the, the decision making. He's, I mean, granted, they've done a great job um, being better than last year. They have three wins. That's awesome, but it's just not a good look. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a joke. I mean, he makes like I said, multiple game management mistakes. Yeah, things you're supposed to be responsible for on game day as a head coach. Um, I'm not denying his ability to build a program or recruit or, or bring in transfers, but he makes mistakes constantly. You know, during the game, and to look and, and strip play calling dudes away from Sean Lewis and give them to Pat fucking Shermer, yeah, of Giants quote unquote fame, yeah. um, that's just bad practice, and it didn't work out for them. And the offense um, looked worse than under Sean Lewis. Yeah, much worse. And then Sean Lewis is, as you know, or you know, our listeners may not know, was the head coach at Kent State, gave a head coaching job up to take this OC job to kind of propel him, uh, hopefully, into a head role. Um, and he's been very successful with an offense that does not have an offensive line. Um, and it, it's just like he, Deion's just grasping at straws now. And to take it back, Sean Lewis, you would look good in South Bend, Indiana, coordinating the offense. Come to Notre Dame, baby. Yeah. I mean, you, you know Bud Elliott um, of tw- yeah. CBS Sports yeah. and 247 Sports. He was ripping into Dion about this like coaching yeah. change, and it's warranted. It's Sean Lewis is a great coach. It's I, I hope I really do hope he's in Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. Yeah, like, you're just, telling me he's a high quality OC, and demoting him and and Dion's first season as a P five head coach is, yeah. is 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 exactly the reason why no legitimate Power Five conference wanted to hire Dion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, to, to embarrass a guy, um, it, it's a really bad look. And ap- after the 3 0 start, um, they're 1 and 5, and it's not going to get easier. Arizona is real good. They're ranked now. Arizona is ranked at Wazoo and at Utah. Yeah. And if you don't think Kyle Winningham wants to beat Dion by 70 points, you don't know football. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I just saw something today, one more thing about it that. Um... It was reported that many coaches are like commenting on that change, like saying how laughable it is to do that. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's just oof. Yeah. All right. Um, the main character of the week was the games he watched along the way. Wow. Just great week, um, start to finish. This is exactly what we hope for uh, when we, we, we cover the sport. I mean, this is why we love it. Um, all right. Let's get, let's get to this week. Um, Patrick, do you think there's any big games coming up this week, or do you think maybe we can just get to listener questions? Uh, uh yeah, uh, there is one big game this week. That's right, Michigan Penn State. That's right. Uh, Michigan is traveling to Penn State. Michigan is four and a half point favorites. This is big mm-hmm. game Saturday. Uh, and the question here is: We saw Penn State against Ohio State. The defense travels. The defense is really good. Yeah, can Penn State's offense do anything against this Wolverines? No. No, sure doesn't seem like it. <laughs> this, this this is Michigan's like first real formidable uh, foe, and 
with the chaos surrounding the program right now, um, uh, many would suspect an upset here, especially being, you know, with Penn State's home field advantage, a crowd gets loud. Um, time and time again, though, James Franklin does improve. He's big time. Um, Penn State does not win games like this, and the I think the Wolverines are going to steamroll here. They're just they're too good. They're too good across they're the board. Galvanized from the scandal. I mean, this is weird. Like we haven't talked too much about Michigan this year because they played absolute bozos. So the fact that they're actually playing a good team, I, I barely know what to do with myself. Um, but JJ McCarthy, after I, I would say not having an awesome twenty twenty two. Like the no, the 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 touchdowns were great, um, and, and the rushing was pretty good. But he's been much better this year as a passer. Um, his completion percentage is over ten percent higher than it was last year. His yards per throw is two yards higher than it was last year, um, and he's on pace to have more touchdowns than he did last year as well. Um, his quarterback rating is up thirty three points from last year, mm-hmm. so he's been really good. I'm really interested to watch him play. Um, against the defense of Penn State's caliber. Yeah. Because while, while I don't think Penn State can score at, at all to keep up with this Michigan team and Michigan's defense themselves is pretty darn good, um, I want to see how McCarthy does because more than likely they get to the playoff. They're going to have to play a Georgia. They're going to have to play an Alabama. Um, and, and even outside of the playoff, Ohio State in in, in a couple of weeks has also a top five defense. So, this is going to be the first of multiple games for Michigan and McCarthy to prove that they can do it. Right. Right. Um, so that's more what I'm watching because to your point, I, I don't really think Penn State has it as much of a chance in this game. Like certainly if they won, I wouldn't be like stunned, but I, I think Michigan's pretty comfortably the favorite here. So yeah. what I'm watching for is to see how they play in this game. Did I lose you? No, you didn't. Sorry. Okay. Um, all right. Um, well, I'll just let you cook here. Uh, Ole Miss is at Georgia. Georgia is 10.5-point favorites uh, at writing here. Let me double-check that spread. Um, this is 7 o'clock on ESPN. Yes, Georgia is still 10.5-point favorites. They are hosting Ole Miss here. Um how nervous are you about this game? Are you shaking in your boots? Are we sweating a little oh, bit? Man. Or are we full-on panicking? Um, inside of me, there are two wolves about this game. Mm-hmm. One of them is blasting Elton Johns. I think I'm going to kill myself. Uh-huh. And the other is confident this Ole Miss squad is not a top-10 team. Um, here's a statement that surely will not come back and bite me. Um, Ole Miss w- uh, probably won't give as much of a tough game as Missouri did. Um, Jackson Dart gets sacked a lot on the road, and Georgia should be able to contain him. Um, Georgia is missing probably their best play- their best player on offense and probably their best player on defense. Brock Bowers still dealing with a high ankle sprain. He There's reports that he is running in practice. I'm not really sure what that means for game time this weekend. Um but they did lose their leader on defense, um, Jamin Dumas-Johnson, their linebacker. He has a fractured forearm, um, which sucks. But Georgia lost their leader on defense last year, and they did fine. I, well, Ole Miss is a Georgia's very, defensive recruiting is equal to Ole Miss's, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, Ole Miss has a very balanced offensive attack, and they, they've proved to be a pretty resilient squad, but it, it's going to take their best performance of the season to go on the ro- road and win between the Hedges and Athens. Um, I just don't see it. Uh, like They don't feel like a top-10 team to me. They've kind of just you know creeped up there in the top-10, just hanging out. Just you know, Nobody look at us, please. Just ignore us. We're just here. Um, I just, I did, I think Georgia will probably, like, Georgia will probably handle this well. <clears throat> Surely, um, I won't be sweating. I, I really hope I won't be sweating this game. Um, but they have been, had a really tough time, you know, beating the spread. So I think I'm going to keep it within 10 points in this game, but I think Georgia will have control for most of the game. 
you are going to be looking like John Thompson II on the Georgetown sidelines. Absolutely massive towel, sweating the whole game. Yep. Uh, I, I just – Lane has – again, this is probably going to bite me later on. Lane has yet to prove to me that he can win a big one, and I don't think he's going to do it this weekend. First time for everything. True. Why not, why not this weekend? Um, yeah, to your point, um, I think Darts Mobility – can run Ole Miss in or out of this game. Yes. Um, if if he's good with it, you know, he's not turning in a two-yard sack into a 12-yard sack, et cetera. Uh, and he's he's making plays on quarterback design runs, uh, kind of testing Georgia on the edge. Um, I, I, I think Ole Miss could give Georgia some issues, especially if Georgia struggles, continue turning, you know, drives into field goals, starting slow. But – for Ole Miss to win this game, I think Quinshawn Jenkins is going to have to hit some big plays. I don't I think like he will. Him. Yeah, I, I, he I don't will. know though. Georgia's defense is thumpers. Um, he's going to have yeah. to keep at it. And I do wonder if if Ole Miss has uh, Junkins' first ten to fifteen runs, or we're going two, three, four yards. Are they going to have the trust in their game plan to keep hitting those runs and expecting the breakthrough? Yeah, uh, because you know if. They go to the run early. They get down big like they have in these other big games against Alabama. Kiffin gets aggressive. He go, It's fourth and eight. He's going for it. Uh, he's faking punts. He's doing onside kicks. He's doing the whole thing. And they have to abandon. And then they get down. They have to abandon the run game. I think that could really hurt them um, just in terms of what they want to do with the ball, right. especially on the ground. Um, so I'm interested to see. Because I, I think the way Georgia has played this year, it sets up nicely for Ole Miss. Um because they're not as dynamic on offense as they were last year, especially with that. Because I, I really doubt Bowers is going to play. Um, I yeah, feel I like you will either. that would have come out by now. But if they're like, well, he's running, well, running a far a far cry from being hit. Um, so I, I think this is a game where, I, like you said, I do think Georgia is going to win. I would say probably 60 70%. But there's a pretty you know obvious and wide path here, you know, Carson Beck struggles. Like, have we really had a bad Carson Beck game yet this year? Uh, I don't think so. Right. So it could be if something like this happens against an opportunistic Ole Miss defense. Maybe Georgia gets down by 14, uh, you know, 14-3, something like that. And they got to start throwing the ball. And Beck makes a mistake or two. I I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think Georgia wins. I think, like you said, they do end up kind of pulling away late here. But I just I do wish just for the neutral perspective, I wish this game was in Oxford. I think that would change things. But be, yeah. being in Athens, I think that that helps Georgia out a lot, especially with a quarterback like Beck, who is still pretty young and, and inexperienced, not having to go on the road to a top ten SEC crowd. I, I think ends up uh, making a big difference here. Absolutely. But almost is still going to win. So nope, 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 nope. Not today. Nope, 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 nope. Um, so, so yeah. Also, big SEC game being at seven o'clock. Not not quite used to that. Yeah, um, Three weeks in a row. I'm kind Isn't of excited because I'm I'm going to be out of the out of the house for most of the day, so I get to come home and definitely not drown myself in bourbon during this game. Definitely not going to happen. Yeah, nope. we're, no we're, having, we're having corporate retreat to Hampton, Sydney, traveling to Number Nine Randolph Macon in Ashland. Um, Marty Favre's last. Coaching coach game legendary coach for the Tigers and the Tigers are going to take them down, baby. We're ending their undefeated season. We're Ruby home playoff game. I don't think so, pal. Gone. Oh, that would be the greatest upset. Greatest upset in Hampton City history if they did that. That's right. Um, All right, our actual next game is Utah at Washington. Uh, Washington's nine and a half point favorites here. my question when I was looking at this game, I was like, okay, so Utah has played two elite opponents in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they played USC and bullied them. They played Oregon and got bullied. Mm-hmm. Where does Washington fall on that spectrum to you? They're going to bully them. Washington's going to bully Utah? Yes. Yeah. yeah um, Washington's yeah. going to bully Utah. Utah's cooked. Um the Huskies are coming off back-to-back road games where their defense allowed like over a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. I, this is not going to be a track race. It's not going to turn into one at least. Um, Washington's going to win handedly at home. 
Um, yeah, I have a couple questions about Washington's O-line um, and their defense, like you just pointed out. Like, granted, USC's defense is a little bit different than Utah's. Yeah. But um, I do wonder if Utah can give them problems with some pressure. Penix, you know, has been, has been limited. I wouldn't say hurt, but limited with a couple injuries we saw in the Oregon game and leading into the USC game. So I wonder if they can make him uncomfortable, maybe make him make a few mistakes. But to your point, with Cam rising, with a competent offense, I'm feeling a lot differently. But yeah, I I think Utah's defense can have a great day, an absolutely phenomenal day, hold Washington to 28. Do I think Utah's offense is going to break 10? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm not so sure either. Yeah, so I I was surprised to see it only 9.5, especially in Washington. But I guess Vegas knows a little bit more than I do. Yep. Uh, also at 3.30, um, Tennessee is at Missouri. Tennessee is a two-point favorite. Um, this was basically a pick for, for most of the week, which I thought was interesting. Um, interesting. I think this should just be a fun game. Um, you know, yeah. At this point, both teams have two SEC losses. Georgia's chances of not winning the East are pretty slim at this point. So this is just be a fun SEC East game between two teams that I think really don't like each other very much. Um, yeah. The, despite there not being like a ton of history or anything like that. So I think this is going to be an awesome game. I, I think this game could end up being the best game of the day. It so. could. Yeah. Um, that spread's pretty interesting to me just for Missouri being at home, because I mean, if Luther burden, the second plays, um, I think they'll be able to take down a volunteer, a very gettable volunteer squad. Um, the tigers are, I mean, they're at home. They, they took LSU and Georgia to the wire. They're a very feisty team. Um, but I think if me, I'm taking Missouri here, just the way they've been playing. I think they are a very sound squad. Um, but if Tennessee wins this game, I think that they are looking at this Georgia game right after. And if Georgia loses, we got something cooking in the SEC East. Um, but I, I'm going to go with the Tigers at home. Um, Hampton is playing on the road, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to the balls. I think we're going to get good Joe Milton here. Yeah. Um, all right. Are there any other games you're looking at this week? Man, other than like these games, there's really not much happening elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably keeping my eye on how teams are responding to recent struggles, like um, Oklahoma going against West Virginia. I got my eye there to see how that pans out. Maybe – how Caleb Williams and USC, have they checked out against number six Oregon at yeah. 10.30 on Fox? Um, we got a Miami-Florida State game that, you know, yeah. there's a little interstate rivalry there. Well, I, I think Miami's not that great. Florida State kind of fraudish, so that'd be something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, that, that that's what I was going to say. That, that game interests me at 3.30. Um could be nasty. Just, just someone, you know, someone I'm monitoring. But yeah, other than that, there's just not much happening. I mean, uh, I mean, if you're really a sicko, Virginia Tech, Boston College, um, Boston College is kind of okay now, and Virginia Tech's kind of okay now. I really want to see if Brent Pry can get that. Um, I think they're one win away. No, they're two wins away from a bowl. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have we luckily the way the slate pans out this week, there's a good game on every yeah, you know, every noon three thirty seven, and no late night. But those always turn to be good games. Um, yeah, also Rutgers Iowa, I believe a record total twenty eight and a half. Nice. Yeah, disgusting. Take the under. Always take the under. Very Big Ten Network. Um. Yeah, like you said, a lot, lot of big tent pole games, but nothing uh, – the, the the depth isn't awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just scrolling right now. Yeah, not, not, nothing, nothing too good, I, I don't think. Um, all right, let's get to our listener question, and then we will uh, – let y'all get out of here. Uh, it comes from – I forget who. <laughs> Didn't write it down. It says, who is your fa- – <coughs> Who's your favorite announcer and who do you find the most bland? Um, right now my favorite announcer is Gus Johnson. I mean, gotta be that, that is just his 
you know, Maserati Marv, like his calls on Fox, the big noon games are great. And this weekend is hopefully going to be another really good call game for him. Um, but he personally, I think he's better at college basketball than he is at football, but he, he makes those big noon games a lot more interesting. Yeah. He's also, yeah. You? Love Gus. Um, yeah, I, I think right now it's Gus. Fowler's got that big game voice, um, which I always like, and I feel like that's what's missing these days is um, guys don't have the gravitas to like that. Yeah. That, that your classic Brent Musburger, Keith Jackson, Pat Summerall, even like those big, deep voices. Um, most blands. Uh, I think Joe Tess is annoying. I don't, I don't like him very much. Um, so every time he calls a game, I'm like, oh, brother. I I had a really hot take Saturday that you were not a fan of um, at all. And he he is a perennial announcer. Um, He is on the biggest, uh, you know, CBS, SEC on CBS, Gary Danielson. It's just, I get it. He's, He's wonderful. I just think he's a little too whiny. I think he talks too much and says too, he talks too much and says little. Like, it's just. He's kind of got under my skin recently, and sometimes I have to mute the game. But typical, he, he probably yeah. is just like Georgia should be a little bit better. Than Patrick. Like no, this guy's no, awful. no, no. It's across all games. <laughs> um, my, my sources are saying it's not across all games. Actually, uh, another like strong contender right now, as corny as he can be, sometimes is Robert Griffin the third. I think he, like, it's funny. Like, when it cuts to the booth, he's always wearing some goofy shit that just makes it really yeah. funny. And he can be corny online, like, with his tweets and all that. But yeah, he's no, very but... informative in the booth. And he, he does a really good job connecting the game to the listener and the viewer. Um, I, I think he's going to, if he keeps it up, he'll turn into a, a he'll probably make the jump to, you yeah. know, bigger, bigger games. Yeah. And, and at this point, like, maybe your you're Gary Danielson point. Um, I just like guys who enjoy watching the game. Um, some guys you can tell they get put on college football and they're mad that they're not doing the NFL, the NBA, or what have you. Yeah. And it just sounds like they're pouting or, or that they're just not interested. And it's just like, if you don't want to be here, man, like, that's fine. I don't, I don't, like, we, I don't want to listen to you. So RG3 wants to be there. Um, like you said, he can be a little corny. But at this point, I'll take enthusiasm over, um, you know, not being in things. There we go. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll, we'll let y'all get out of here. Um, like you said, a lot of big games this weekend, so enjoy it. We've only got a few left. Yeah. Joel Clack! My man! My man! <laughs> all right. We'll see everyone next week. Go dogs.
Some say she'll never